Blog Talk Radio. Majesty, worship his majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, power, and
God is here. Well, welcome to another broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your co-host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog. And we are here for another exciting two hours of the presence of God, seeking the face of Jesus, <laughs> worshiping the Father for who he is, and not just what he can do for us, and pretty much anything else the Holy Spirit feels like doing in the next two hours. So that being said, our call in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything whatsoever for you, for your family, please give us a call. Um, we're here to intercede for you, um, to stand with you, um, to intercede on behalf of the nations, and even more so since our show is international, it's not just in our title, because um, we do have listeners um, from all parts of the world, which is um, only to the praise and glory of Jesus Christ. Um, because me and Chris... Um, we both live in the same town, same city. Um, neither one of us have been to that many countries. And there's people who do listen from as far as us from here as Australia. And But, you know, um, the Lord draws people. And I believe that the Lord will put people in specific places at specific times to bless them and to give them revelation and understanding into something that he wants to do in their lives or to get people in a place that he can work through them or in him or in them. And sometimes that happens at the same time. So um, let's see, last night we talked about identity, hearing the voice of God. I think that's what Chris is going to talk on later tonight. Um, just so you know, for all our new listeners out there, if there's any of you out there listening, me and Chris really don't get to talk much um, about the broadcast. So we actually have no idea. Um, like now I have no idea what he's going to talk about in an hour, and he has absolutely no idea what I'm going to talk about, and honestly, neither do I. Um, because when we say we leave this up to the Holy Spirit, um, we really mean that. Um, nine out of ten times, if I even have a verse or an idea of what will transpire in the first hour, it's usually I'm wrong. Um, usually completely, utterly, totally wrong. Um, but we stay fluid to the Holy Spirit, so that way, whichever way he moves, we move with him. Um, and, you know, something, when Chris talks about hearing the voice of God, one thing you have to realize is that um, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice, and the voice of the stranger they will not follow. And, you know, hearing his voice, it's never, um, well, it's not never, but most of the time it's not a loud, booming, thundering voice. There's not always a neon sign written somewhere that says, take a left or go this way. We have the scripture in the Word of God, which the Bible says, meditate on it day and night, and you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Um, David said, um, you word I've had in my heart that I wouldn't sin against you. Um, and the the reason for it is, like we say over and over again, is it's through those scriptures that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the character and the personality of Jesus. And, you know, there's the scripture that says, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, 
And, you know, that speaks to two different aspects of the word. A lamp illuminates what's already there, and it removes the darkness that's in a room. Um, and so the word of God, I mean, it, it shines into our own hearts, exposing the hidden things of our hearts and bringing them to the light of the gospel. And it reveals our true nature and our true identity and removes any clouds of darkness um, that's over us that would prevent us from clearly seeing the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And when it says it's a light unto our past, it means it actually illuminates our the future. It illuminates the path that's ahead of us and helps us make clear decisions. Because if you're walking in the blind, if you're walking in the dark, you're blind and you stumble because you don't know which way you're going. And you can hit rocks and hit whatever and fall down a cliff or whatever. Um, but the Word of God actually gives us insight into the things that are happening in our lives and the things that are coming in our lives. And it illuminates not only us, but the things ahead of us so that we can clearly see, put our eyes upon Jesus and see those things around us and have the inspiration and the revelation from the Word of God on how to deal with the situations as they come. So, um, you know, um, hearing the voice of God, that's a that's like one of those topics that we can go, we could talk about for pretty much every broadcast from now until the time the Lord comes. And we would never completely be able to cover it all. Um, because, you know, there's different levels of hearing the voice of God. Um, and some people are comfortable with some things and some people are comfortable with others. And uh, at least on this broadcast, we're never going to be condescending or judgmental as far as people's various different beliefs. Um, we'll we'll um, talk about the scriptures and the word of God. And we can even get into long conversations about why the scriptures say one thing or the other. But in the long run, it's always up to you, the listener, to never believe a word that comes out of our mouth for the most part and take everything and take it to the Father in prayer and to study to show yourself approved. Um, and that's not just for me or Chris. Um, it doesn't matter who it is, what, who the preacher is, how great their name is, um, how many followers they have. No matter what anybody tells you, as far as the Father is concerned, you should always take what anybody says and go for yourself and make sure that what they're saying lines up with the Word of God and study the Word of God so that you know what's being said is the truth of the gospel. Because um, since the time of Jesus and even in the future, um, in times that haven't, in seasons that haven't got here yet, there are always going to be people who are going to distort the gospel for whatever reason that they choose to, um, for whatever motivation they have. And um, so um, you have to really know it. Um, you know, it's like that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Some guy got up and said that rapture was going to happen on this specific date and um, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, we know from the scripture that the Bible says, Jesus himself said that no one knows of that date or hour except the Father who is in heaven, not even the angels know. Well, if you didn't know what the scripture said there um, and you had never read the words of Jesus, then someone could come along and they could seem trustworthy, but they may not necessarily be trustworthy because they could be deceived. Um, they could mis be, mis um, misunderstand what, they got, what the scriptures are saying. And so we need to, though we, we can glean knowledge from other people and we can be 
Um, and the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And even though other people can mentor us and give us um, words of wisdom and words of knowledge from the Bible, in the long run, it comes down to you, the individual person, taking the Word of God and dissecting it until you know the truth of what's inside of it. So then you can um, apply it in every situation in your life, and you don't have to trust in someone else outside of the Holy Spirit to get you by the next mountain that comes up, because you'll already know how to do it yourself. Um, that being said, um, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, um, you know, people, and, and I've had talks with one of my friends, um, my friend David, um, has always had the opinion that he couldn't really hear the voice of God very well. Um, and I was always convinced he could. And what it was is he had to learn to distinguish how he hears the voice of God and how God relates to him as an individual person, um, because it may be different. Some people will get visions. Some people get dreams in the middle of the night where God speaks to them like Solomon. Um some people will see images in their heads. Some people will just get a faint impression in their spirit. That And so you have to know how the Lord deals with you because it's not always going to be the same. And you can never compare yourself to anybody else because you are an individual and the Father will deal with each person as he chooses. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts to men and he gives grace and mercy um, for that particular individual. And because nothing's the same about any of us outside of the blood of Jesus. Um, if you think about it, um, I was looking for some paperwork today for some a meeting I have tomorrow, and frantically searching around for paperwork, and I actually looked through the whole house, and then I found out it was sitting in the one place that um, I would have never looked, and if I would have just stopped and asked Jesus beforehand, I waited until the very end to ask him, and found it like ten seconds later. Um, and it was just a thought, maybe you should check here. And I was like, why would I check there? And I checked there, and that's where it was at. Um, but anyway, so going through all the stuff I'm trying to find, I, I saw some old pictures of myself back when I was like two years old. And, you know, it, it reminded me that if you take all your old pictures that you have of yourself, if you have many, I mean, I don't have very many from when I was a kid because – me and my twin brother were adopted when we were two years old. But if you look at the pictures of yourself from the course of your life, those images of your life paint a testimony of who you are and the transformation that it's had in your life, not just as far as you growing physically, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally, in every single stage of your life and every single picture relates a completely different story as far as who you are as an individual and what the Lord God is doing in your life at that moment um, and what he's and in return what he's planning on doing in your life and so you know the Bible says we are being trained we are from we are, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord and, you know, when you start off as a Christian, the Lord will sometimes speak to you one way. And as you grow in your relationship with him and you grow with your trust with him, then sometimes he requires more of you to listen to him. And it may not always be as easy, but it is. It's just that you have to change and adapt to your life and your relationship with the Father. Um, 
And what I mean is, um, here's an example. Um, when you are in church nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can be in the most amazing church with the most amazing anointing. Where I mean, I've been in churches where you walk into the building and the presence of God is so strong, it just almost knocks you on your on your knees. And where the atmosphere is so thick with the um, Tabad presence of God, almost like in the Old Testament where it says they dedicated the temple and the presence of God came and descended and the ministers couldn't minister because of the presence of God. And I've been in places like that, honestly, um, which is great. And there's an amazing thing about a corporate anointing. But then on the other hand, when you leave that, well, then it's... I mean, because that's easy to an extent because it's 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 readily available to have a body of believers worship together. But when you step outside of the body of believers and you step into a realm of your own life, which is you and the Lord, then you have to know how to have that same kind of atmosphere and presence of the Lord um, and fellowship with the Lord in your own life. And that comes only through spending time with him to recognize his voice, to get yourself to a position of coming to him and worshiping him, worshiping him in spirit and in truth on your own without the aid of other people. Because there's some people who only have their, their walk with God and their relationship with God only consists of what they have in church. But when they when they leave the church, they don't have any kind of foundation in their personal relationship with the Lord to carry over what they've gotten from the church. And it should actually be vice versa. Um, the majority of our of our relationship with the Lord shouldn't come from inside the church. It should come from outside of the church in our daily walks. That's why many Christians will go to church. And even though there may be an amazing presence of God and there may be an amazing message, and they'll feel like they've completely been filled, they get revelation, um, everything's wonderful. They walk out of the church on their way to, like, whatever restaurant they're going to at lunch. And by the time they get to the restaurant, most of what they receive inside the church has come to their back to the back burner because there's nothing on the outside to support that which they get on the inside of the church. And just my opinion there. Um, but, you know, my life, for example, um, my first revelation or first vision, if you will, from the Lord came when I was just a really young kid before I had even formally said the prayer and became an actual Christian. But, I mean, I knew there was a God way before someone told me there was a God because, you know, the Bible declares that um, the very creation itself declares the glory of God. And so I had been aware of the presence of God at a very early age. Now, I didn't realize that at the time that some of what I experienced as a young child was because the Lord was, was um, what's the word, discipling me and mentoring me on how to hear his voice in my own life and how to follow that leading. Because when Jesus said, um, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice, well, the shepherd constantly spends time with the sheep, and the sheep will rarely ever leave the shepherd um, because it's with the shepherd that they have safety. And so they, the shepherd spends so much time with their sheep that he's constantly there, that they've got, gotten used to his presence and they've gotten used to his voice so that when he calls, they can, they'll respond because they recognize the voice. Someone else runs into the middle of the sheep and starts 
finding things out, the sheep will scatter and they'll run because they don't recognize that voice. And so um, throughout my life, um, I've I'm I'm I've never had the um, the audible voice of the Lord ever. Um, I've never had um, something loud like that. Um, I've always had a the best way to put it is a faint impression, or I'll be praying for someone and all of a sudden this some random picture will pop up in my head, and I will take a set of faith, um, starts talking about the picture or whatever it is that I, I feel at the moment. And through that first step of faith, the Lord will continue to move through his Holy Spirit to give out a prophetic word. And, you know, I've given out tons of prophetic words in my life, but rarely have I ever given them out knowing that I was about to speak a prophetic word. Almost never. It's always been taking a step of faith, recognizing the early signs of the Lord of the Lord's voice, and what His voice sounds like in my life, um, and knowing the character of God. Um, like we talked about last night, if you know the character of the person talking to you, then it's easier to distinguish the voices that you hear, whether they come from God or not. Because um, if some random voice came inside your head and said something that was completely unscriptural and completely against the character of God, well, you know it's not the Father. And so that being said, um, my friend David, for example, um, never heard this, the voice of God in that way as far as getting um, big voices or whatever else. But yet the other day he was... Um, Doing, he was like actually getting ready to apply for a job, and he just kept feeling in his spirit. Um, the Lord told him not to go into this place, and he sort of ignored it, and then he kept going, and then he felt it again, and then he ignored it, and finally it got stronger and stronger. Um, but he could tell, because he spends so much time in the presence of God, he could tell the presence, the difference in the presence, knowing that it wasn't just fear and it wasn't just worry or something like that that we would normally feel, but it was actually the presence of God speaking into his life. And I say all this for the last um, 20 minutes to say that every individual Christian um, has the ability to hear the voice of God, whether you realize it or not. Um, but, and it's not even, the difficult part isn't even hearing the voice of God. The difficult part is recognizing the voice of God. Because I'm thoroughly convinced that the Lord is always talking to his believers. Like I said last night, it says in Amos, the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. And um, so you have to know your place in the Lord so that when you hear the words of God, you actually can understand that you do have the ability to hear it. And that hearing the voice of God isn't based on your works. It's not based on what you're doing. It's based only on the fact that the Father loves to communicate with his children and vice versa. Now, what sin will do is it will remove your heart from that position of wanting to hear the voice of God. And it will, and so you get out of the position of being able to hear his voice because you filled your, your mind up and your thoughts with other things. And um, Cherish from our chat room is about to leave. So... Um, we just, um, Father, bless her completely, him, her, completely, totally, top of the heads to the soles of their feet. I never know exactly who some of the people are in the chat room just based on the names, but um, 
so anyway, um, you know, like, um, and here, here's a weird thing, and um, it's my show. I say whatever I want, sort of whatever thing. Um, you will notice in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ that he will use the strangest things to touch you when he needs to. Um, if he if he needs to get a point across, he will do, sometimes do things that are completely unorthodox in order to reach you. Um, for example, I know some songs that are some people would claim are secular songs, and um, that even the writers of the songs never intended them to be worship songs or Christian songs. But there are certain songs that come on the radio or whatever, um, and the second I hear them they remind me of the Lord Jesus Christ because they relate to my relationship with him. And other people will um, will hear the same songs and they'll have absolutely no, feel no anointing, no anything. Um, but it just comes back to the fact that the Lord deals with us individually. He deals with us differently. And the Lord wants to deal with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you dreams. He wants to give you visions. He wants to give you revelations. He wants you to be in the place that you can understand and recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit leading you in your life. Because it's never going to be forceful. It's always going to be a slight nudge in one direction. Because he's, he's not pulling you. He's leading you. And leading is very gentle. It's um, very calm. It's very peaceful. There is random, there's rarely, I want to say, um, outside of rare circumstances, there's never a huge sense of urgency, except for in rare circumstances. It's never like, do this right now. It's never um, something like horribly vital. It's always a gentle leading in the right direction, coaxing us. Um, in the right direction because the Father is never going to force you to do anything. He's going to always give you an option to do things and he's going to tell you, he's going to sort of leave you in the right, in the right direction to get you to a place of blessing. Um, and every place the Lord gets you to and every place he tries to lead us to in life is actually just to a place of greater, greater blessing because every time you move from one area of glory to another, there's always a greater me measure of provision and blessing that accompanies the positions the Lord puts you in. But, you know, sometimes we're in one place of glory in the Lord and um, we're in one position with the Lord and the Lord wants to move us out of that realm. But what it takes is us getting out of a comfort zone that we become accustomed to and taking a step of faith and having to be able to let go of what we currently hold on to so that the Lord can actually translate us into a different place in glory and a different place um, and a higher place in our walk with him that he can turn around and bless us even more than we previously had ever been blessed and take us to a new level of anointing and a new level of glory in him. But um, you have to be able to hear his voice and know which way he is leading you and to come to a place in your relationship with him where you completely trust him in all things, where the fears and the worries and the doubts and all that stuff don't really pay, play that much of an impact in your decision-making abilities because your trust isn't based on your, your um, circumstances, but it's based on your relationship with the Lord from hearing his voice and the ability to hear his voice in your life. Um, so, because I've seen um, way too many times where 
the Lord is wanting to, to move people into a new level in their life and then a new level of intimacy. And, you know, the best way to explain it, because I don't know if I'm doing this very well, is the Bible says that the Lord is a consuming fire. The closer we get to him, the more of ourselves that's consumed. There's more of our own desires and more of our own flesh. There's more of our own expectations more of our own self-identity as far as our sin nature and our old man that gets consumed the closer we get to him. And the closer you get to him, it's always going to happen. So the Lord will draw you close to his presence, and he'll work on your heart and transform you and shape you and mold you. And then when the time's right, he'll start drawing you a little bit more. And it's always a closer and closer and closer and closer and closer process. And if there comes a point in your life where you start resisting that move of the Holy Spirit, well, he's not going to yank you and drag you further before you're ready to be in the place he wants to take you. Now, what he'll do is he'll pause. He'll slightly give you the tugging. He'll slightly give you the moving. But he's not going to force you to go where you don't want to go. And when it comes to the point that you want to move on with the Lord and you want to move closer and you might want to move deeper, then though, then you'll be willing to let go of the things that you currently have. Um, you know, it's like the story with the children of Israel and the manna. You know, they have manna, um, and there's an abundance of it and um, more than they could possibly ever eat. And what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to like take all the manna they find on the ground, run around, try to take it from their neighbors, get their baskets full. Um, and so they have enough. So just in case the Lord doesn't provide the next day, that they'll still be okay. Well, it sort of defeats the whole purpose because the purpose was a, a lesson in faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would trust him for that particular day, for those particular needs, and being fully confident that the Lord Jesus Christ would be able to turn around and the very next day provide the same provision for them, whatever need they had the next day. And, you know, sometimes we get ourselves so caught up and we, we hold on so tightly to the provisions we have and to the things that the Lord's doing right now that sometimes we're unwilling to let go of what he's doing right now so he can move us into the place that he wants to do tomorrow. Um, a good story is um, when I was a little kid, I read this book called um, The Fox and the Hound. And it's like one of my favorite books growing up as a kid. And, you know, I studied hunters a lot. And um, one thing I learned about um, hunting, even though I don't really do it, is that when a hunter wants to trap something like a squirrel or a raccoon or a fox, what they do is they take a log and they drill a hole in the log, just enough for an animal to put their hand in. And then they'll take a shiny silver coin and they'll place it inside the hole so that what happens is the squirrel or raccoon can reach its hand in when it's loose and open. Um, and they can reach in and they can grab the coin. But once they make the fist, um, they're unable to pull their hand out. And so what will happen is a hunter will come along. This raccoon, for example, will have his fist wrapped so tightly around the possession that it's currently holding on to that even though death is imminent and they can see that the world is, fall is about to end as they know it, they're unwilling to let go of the thing that they currently have when if they would just let go, then they could have life. 
and you know in our Christian walks, there's times where we have to be willing to let go of our expectations, let go of the things we have now, and give them to the Lord, and so that He can take us to a place of a greater life and a greater anointing and a greater presence. Um, but it only comes from spending time with Him and learning to hear His voice. Anyway, um, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. We're going to take a very quick break, and then we will be right back.
Father, we come to you tonight, Father, standing in agreement. Father, Father, for Terry Henson, Father, right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, you know exactly where he is at this moment. Father, and we have complete confidence, if you know where he is, you know where the provision lies for him, even at this moment, Lord, when he's had to leave his house, Lord. Father, you declared that what the enemy has stolen, he will have to repay back to his father. And even outside of that, Father, we trust you as Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Father. So, Lord, we ask right now for your ministering angels to go forth to his location, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, the divine connections, the divine appointments will be made even at this hour, Father, in his life, Father, that your glory would be manifested in his life right now, Father, that what has been lost, Father, will be multiplied back to him, Father, in blessings innumerable that he would not be able to contain, Father, that out of this, Father, you would create a testimony of your grace and your goodness in his life, Father. Lord, and we ask that you would give him discernment and give him wisdom, Father. Give him discernment, Lord, right now, Father, and spiritual ears to hear your voice in this time, Father, that he will know exactly where to go, exactly what person to talk to, Father, and you will lead him into the direction that you need him to be, Father, to pour the blessing out upon his life right now, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for the vision in his life Father, we thank you that he will not spend one night without a place to sleep, Father, that he will not spend one day without food to eat, Father, for him or his family, Lord. Father, and for all those who are affected by the flooding, Father, we ask, Lord, by your grace and by your mercy that you would provide relief for these people, Father. Lord, that you would provide provision and shelter, Father, that you would provide food for them, Lord, in your name, Father. Father, we pray for a quick response, Father. Lord, that you would raise up even now men and women of God, rather, from from one end of the globe to the other, Lord, to come before you in intercession, Father, to pray and intercede on their behalf, Father, even those who don't know them, Father. Lord, we know that our prayers shake nations, Father. We know that our prayers move the hearts of kings, Father, through your Holy Spirit, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Father. And so, Lord, we lay everything before you, Father. Lord, simply asking for your grace and mercy, Father, for you to fulfill your word in Terry's life right now, Father. Lord, we thank you for an increase in the mantle and the anointing that you are placing upon his life, Father. Father, that he will have eyes of an eagle right now, Father, to see in all directions, Lord. Father, thank you that your word declares a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs the steps, and you said the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, Father. And so, Father, we place all our trust, Father, in you, Father, all our trust in you. Father, I pray right now you would give him the peace that surpasses all understanding, Father, that you would guard his heart and guard his mind, Father, that you would give him joy, inexpressible and full of glory, Lord, in his relationship with you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 It's interesting um, when we come, exciting when we come to the Lord um, in prayer and believe um, that it's one thing to pray to the Father 
and not have any clue if what you pray is even making it to heaven and not have any clue if what you pray is going to be answered. But it's sort of like a haphazard prayer you just throw out there, like a Hail Mary in a football game that you just throw out there just in case it's one of those things at work. Um, But we don't do it that way um, because we trust the Bible. We trust the Word of God. We know that the Word declares that if... We know we hear that he hears us. We know we have the things we ask. And, um, you know, his very nature, we talk about his nature and his character over and over again. And, you know, the Bible says he changes not. Heaven and earth will pass away, but he'll remain the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible declares that he's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord, our provider. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Means that when you enter into a place of covenant with the Lord, and you trust him with your life, it's not just your eternal salvation, it's everything. It's every step of the way. It's every moment you live, every moment you breathe. It's placed in his hands. Because, you know, it says we're bought with a price. And so, you know, I think that most of us don't completely, haven't grasped or understood the fact that the Lord has more invested in you and has more invested in your life and wants to bless you more than perhaps that you even want to be blessed yourself. Because he is glorified through us and he's glorified in us. The Bible says that we are his inheritance. I mean, he actually has an inheritance in us, his children, so he has a direct interest in having us blessed because, you know, he loves to pour out gifts to his children. And all it says, like it says in Ephesians, it says we are we are the workmanship of Christ Jesus. Um, this is that the verse says? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. And, you know, what that means is the fact that we don't have to do any of the work. He's already done it. He's already laid out the provision. He's already spoken out his word. He's already given us his great and precious promises. All we have to do is walk them out in faith. It says the just shall live by faith. And trusting him that every step, every moment, every minute um, is for his glory, and that he'll be glorified. Okay, so we have Amy on the line, and so let me bring her in. Is this Amy? Hey. Hey, how's it going? It's not going. I wasn't sure if you were going to bring me on now or when you were going to bring me on. Well, someone just mentioned in the chat room, so I figured now is a good time. Well, yeah. Well, now that I know she's listening, I can actually correct her, and she was supposed to use my BTR name, but that's okay, Aussie. I still love you. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, if it helps, I don't right. remember anybody's names. Chris knows everybody's names and their nicknames, and he could probably tell you who every nickname person is. I have absolutely no clue. Um, so, And I won't remember it tomorrow either. So, um, oh, that's fine. Oh, you have uh, a well, I'm known. I'm, yeah, well, yeah, I actually do. And I, I just hope I can get through all of it without crying, without, you know, going into a whole bunch of details. But anyways, um, you know, I, I got a granny. 
she's going to be 80 here in a couple weeks. She is in real bad health. She, I, I don't want to say she's atheist. She knows God. She believes in God. If it makes any sense, she's a believer, but um, really doesn't have any salvation. So um, her health is just going downhill. Bad. Okay. And what's her name? Oh, you can just call her Granny. (sighs) Granny? Okay, that's great. You know, I, I was actually in that position just like a month ago when my mom died, and she wasn't anywhere close to that age. Um, but luckily, um, I knew that she, over the last couple of months she had given her heart to the Lord. You know, the Bible says that unlike us as people, um, the Lord sees the heart. And um, the Lord sees all the stuff we don't see, and he sees what he's doing inside of a person. Um and the Bible says every man is appointed once to die, and that's it. Um, and unless you get some special circumstance or exception, then that's pretty much it. And then you're in eternity with the Lord. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I have this really bad habit um, that I'll be with people, um, even on an airplane. I've done it, and I'll, I'll meet someone who's older than me. And I'm only 35, and I'll meet anybody, not like 36, but people who are in their 60s, 70s and 80s and 90s, knowing that they could have 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And I always stop them, and I ask them the question. And I, I ask them, how does it feel knowing that you're about to see him for the first time? Mm-hmm. And I and I and I ask them. I always ask them that question, not because I want to see their response, just because I'm envious. And I'll sit and watch people who are elderly and who have lived most of their life with such envy, not because they're old, but because the place that every single one of us really want to be, the sight that we all want to see, they are so close, almost that you can like feel it to be able to stand in the presence of the living God. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it is horrible that there's so many people out there who don't know him and haven't had a chance to have a relationship with him. So what we're going to do is we're not going to just pray for her salvation. We're going to pray, like, for a supernatural, like, expedited, like, short, condensed relationship to be boosted right in their life, in her life, for the Lord, um, so that not only does she enter whether it's now or whether it's in another 20 years, not only does she enter in into his presence um, saved and convinced of her salvation, but also that her and Jesus become best friends. Because, you know, um, eternity is a really weird thing. Um, and most of us don't have most of us don't really grasp the concept of eternity, that time is a man-made factor. The Lord exists mm-hmm. outside of time itself. And, you know, it says that one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And when you get into eternity with God, it's not necessarily that God saw the end before he made the beginning. It's that he just exists and time just exists inside of his creation. And um, 
so the Lord is completely aware of what's going to happen every second. And, you know, every promise in the Bible applies to her just as much as to every one of us. And the blood of Jesus applies to her just as much as either one, as any of us. And he loves her more, or actually about the same, okay, even, as every one of us. And so, Father, Lord, we ask for your word to be confirmed tonight, Father, where you said we and our household shall be saved, Father. You said that you are not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. And you said it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, Father. And only you know the hearts of your children, Father. And we can say that Granny is part of your children, for she is your creation. And even before she was formed in her mother's room, Father, you had spoken a plan and a purpose over her life, the end result being a restored relationship that she could be called a child of God, Father, that you could embrace her and bring her into your kingdom, Father, for eternity, Father. So, Lord, we ask right now, Lord, that right now every spiritual block be removed in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. You would remove any blinders from her eyes. You would remove any blinders from her ears, Father, any blinders from her heart. Take the stony heart out and give her a heart of flesh, Father. Give her a new heart, Father, that seeks you, Lord. Even now where she's at, to start speaking to her father clearly, for, as even if it's for the first time, Lord. Start speaking to her and revealing yourself to her right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would show up and anoint her right now in that, in that bed that she's in right now, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, that your Holy Spirit will descend and fill that entire room with your presence, Father. Lord, we completely trust you in your word, Father. Father, and so all of us come together in agreement. For her salvation, Lord, and not only for her salvation, Father, but for a, a magnification of knowledge and discernment in her life, Father, that like it says in Ephesians, Father, that the eyes of her heart, even right now, would be flooded with light, that she would know what is the hope of her calling. Father, let her know right now what is the hope of her calling, Father, let her know of the amazing love that you have even for her life, Father. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that you would heal every wound for the past 80-some years, Father. Every wound, Father, that you would heal by your Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, we thank you for your blood which covers her, Father. Your blood that is even for her, Jesus. Father, that you are wanting to inscribe her name on your hands, Father. Lord, and we are trusting you, Father, and placing our trust in you for her salvation, Lord, that her name will be written even today in your book of life, Father. Lord, and we ask for you to prolong her life if it's your, if it's your will, Father, that every organ, every tissue, Father, every bit of nerve damage would be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father. Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Father, that you would bring her complete and total healing, Lord. Father, and we ask her that you would fill her with your Holy Spirit, Father, that even at her age, Father, she would begin to prophesy and that she would begin to have dreams of you, Father. Lord, that she would begin to have visions of you, Father. Lord, that you would speak to her as a man speaks face to face to a friend, Jesus. So, Lord, we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor, Father, for it's all about you. It has nothing to do with us, Father, for she's yours, not ours, Father. And you rejoice over her, Father, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, even one changes all of eternity. Um, so it'll be amazing to see how quickly she gets saved. Or if you just start, if you just walk into her room and she's singing worship to Jesus. Um, and the, the reason I say that is, um, true story, um, when I didn't tell any stories today, and so I'm sort of behind today on my stories, but um, true story, um, there was this mother who had a couple had a couple sons, and um, um, she believed in Jesus. I mean, she worshipped the Lord. She always um, spent time in his presence, went to church, did all this stuff that you would do to have a relationship with him. And, but most of all, she trusted in the word of God, and especially those scriptures that said, you and your household shall be saved. And she had an older son who was quite rebellious, wasn't a believer, didn't care, didn't want to go to church, didn't want to have anything to do with the religion that his mother tried to teach him or the relationship with Jesus that his mother tried to teach him. And so one day he's on the football field um, playing football, and he's just like 18 years old or 17, and all of a sudden his heart stopped. And on the football field he fell down dead. And um, the doctors um, put him in the ambulance, and um, they called his mother, who was at work, and um, told her that your son just had a heart attack um, and was letting her over the phone. And the first thing that she said out of her mouth is, don't move him. I'm on my way. The reason she said that is because even then, when every circumstance said it was too late, she trusted the Lord so much that she didn't care what the circumstance said because she was holding on to a word that says you and your household shall be saved. So she actually drove as fast as she could to get to where they were. She gets there, and he's still dead. So she lays her hands on him and starts quoting the promises of God. This boy comes back to life, pops up, looks at his mom, and says, "It was my, I was waiting to go, but there was this, the man Jesus that you always talk to me about was standing there with me and wouldn't let me pass on and said that, that, that it wasn't my time and I needed to come back. And so this kid got saved while he was dead. He died as he died an unbeliever, got raised from the dead a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ because his mom held on to the promises of God. And you see, it's like one of those things about time is that, you know, we don't know what happens when someone breathes their last, but at that moment... It says to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And then that boy entered. He went outside of eternity for a couple seconds, had a one-on-one encounter with Jesus. And all because the mother believed in faith upon the word of God and wasn't willing to let go of it despite what the circumstances said and raised her own son from the dead because she trusted the word of God. And it's the same with all of our loved ones. Um, There's never a time when it's too late at, at times. Um, now I'm not saying we're all going to raise people from the dead, but we could if we actually tried it, um, and if, if we believe what faith. His Word said about it. 
um, I guarantee you that a lot of us actually probably could um, because it's not about us. It's about him. And, you know, the Lord will do whatever it takes to reach the lost before that time comes, whatever it takes. And, I mean, he will translate someone clear to another country if he has to, and he's done it in the past. I mean, he did it in the Bible with the story of the um, eunuch on the road. And Stephen gets translated, and the Lord, and the Holy Spirit tells Stephen to catch it with a chariot. Well, what happens if the Lord wanted to talk to Stephen? Would that man have died the very next day without salvation? But, you know, the Lord will do whatever it takes to get someone where you're at to preach the gospel to you. And he will show up as many times as it takes and give you every single last chance until you breathe your last. And in some cases, even after that, it can happen too. Because I honestly, I do know of um, many people who've been raised from the dead. And um, your life has completely changed. But that's nothing. Being raised from the dead is actually nothing compared to the actual being raised from the spiritual dead and into a newness of life. And so your your granny, I'm completely convinced that whenever it happens, she is going to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And she is not going to go out of here alone, but she is going to go out completely convinced of her salvation, completely convinced that when she breathes that last breath, the very next second she's going to be with her Lord and Savior. So, um, so you'll have to call us and let us know whenever that happens, and maybe bring her on the show. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> she, she, she don't like she don't like talking on the phone. She she don't like any of the modern technology. Hey, you know that actually is the most awesome thing in the world because you rem- you know how much time people had to spend with Jesus and pray before they got cell phones. And mm-hmm. before people had televisions and the internet, and um, people don't just spend time to think. People don't just go outside and stare. I mean, I remember um, when I first became a Christian, I would go outside because um, I was a kid and my family was poor, so I didn't have anything. And so I would go outside and I would just stand under the stars basking at the magnitude of who he was, completely in awe of this God that I loved. And nowadays we've gotten to a point in the church and the world in general that we're so consumed with our stuff, having trying to fill every second, um, and I'm sort of cutting into Chris's broadcast, so I'm just going to bring this up anyway real quick. So sorry about this, Chris. You know, I think, and this is just one of my weird opinions, that a lot of people make an effort to consume every minute of their time so they don't have to have the quietness that would result. That if they got in their cars and turned off the radio, Because you'll notice many people, when they walk inside their house, the first thing they do is turn on a radio, turn on the television. They get in the car. They turn on the radio. There's always something going on in their life. There's never much time to just stop and not do anything. Because it's in those times where we stop and we eliminate all the outside voices that we open up a channel for us to be able to clearly hear the voice of God because we don't have 10 million other things distracting us. And I... I think, excuse me, if 
a lot of people would just do that. Just take a moment, cut off all the extra stuff. You know, I got to a point in um, in my prayer because I used to have this prayer room in my old house that I would go into, and I would just go in there. I had a chair set up for Jesus, um, and I would just sit in there in His presence. Um, but I started off taking my cell phone in there, and I got to a point where he would actually tell me to leave my cell phone outside, which for me was really hard um, because I was on my cell phone 24 hours a day. And it's because he's jealous for our attention. And anything that distracts us, when we actually give him those times in our life, he doesn't want anything else to distract us. He wants it just to be us and him. And, you know... The Bible, I mean, the Bible declares, the heavens declare the glory of God. And I think if many people just went on more field trips and went out just to seek the Lord, um, their perspective on him would be completely changed because they would understand when you're inside, you don't really grasp the magnitude of who he really is and how big and awesome he really is. And so we go from building to car to building to car to building to car and everything is so small and compact. And But when you go outside and you eliminate all the man-made buildings and you just gaze up into the heavens, knowing that they keep going and going and going and going and going, and how big he really is, and then you take the knowledge of how incredibly big he is, and you take that, and you take that into your life, then what problem could possibly come up what obstacle could possibly come up that he couldn't handle? You know, the Bible says that if he offered up his own son for us, how will he not freely give us all things? I mean, there's nothing, like that's why Paul said, we, I'm convinced there's nothing that we are more than conquerors through Christ, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And if we just got to a point where we actually went back to the very basics of the Bible and understanding who he really is, it would change our whole perspective about our life because we start living our lives with the knowledge of who he is instead of just the knowledge that he's out there somewhere. So I went off on a tangent there. So um, you there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. I'm cutting into the, like, the last hour. Oh, so. Hey, it's all good, man. Go with the flow. You know how we are around here. You know, so. Oh. So, um, so, so how are you doing tonight, Chris? Doing good. Um, doing real good, actually. Just kind of praying and looking over some stuff in the chat room and just kind of listening, you know. Things are going okay. well. Well, could I throw in, like, another of? Uh, Request yeah. having to do with Granny. Yes, of course. Well, not not only is her health gone down, but her mind is completely gone. Like I I I don't know if it's the fact that her mind is just going, or if it's the fact that she's just old and she's an easy target for the enemy. Last night she was talking about a funeral that her her own funeral. That happened last year, and mm. you know that kind of stuff is hard on me, right? Because well, the house that she used to live in was haunted. It, I mean, it was straight up haunted. I I I seen the spirits. She seen the spirits. She felt them. 
And I, I don't know if maybe she's like just, you know, got some kind of demonic thing going on. But, you know, I I can't handle it. You know, that, that's my granny. And I don't care if it's the last thing I do. It, it can, you know, take me to my own grave. I will make sure my granny makes it to heaven. Amen. Hey, Chris, you want to pray? Yeah. Let's uh, let's try. Definitely. Um, anything specific? I know there, there's been some different prayer requests uh, come up tonight. Well, but, um, well, right now for Granny and her 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 grandmother and her mind going. Um, and then I'm assuming we're gonna have a lot more prayers coming up in the next like few minutes. Sure. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, kick that again, and we'll just uh, just kind of go into a time of prayer actually. Unless you want to keep keep ministering after we pray. No, I think we have a lot of prayer requests tonight, so we need to start stomping on on the enemy and declaring All the right. word. So. All right, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just come before you. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the blood of Christ that is speaking right now tonight. For Granny, Lord, we just declare, Father, the mind of Christ over her, Lord, we just declare the power of the blood of Jesus over her mind. Father, you said not only we would be saved, but our whole household. So we declare family salvation, household salvation. We declare that her mind would be attentive and alert. Father, right now we just declare all vain imaginations be cast down, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ be cast down. And that, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you'd reveal your love, you'd reveal yourself, you'd reveal your freedom to Granny. And right now, Father, we pray for those, Lord, that are listening. They need a touch from you in their minds. They need a touch from you in their souls, in their in their wills, in their emotions. Father, there's people listening that, that need an adjustment in their brain chemistry, Lord. But the doctors say they, they need lifelong medication, but Father, your report is the report we choose to believe. So, Father, right now, Lord, we pray for everybody listening, Lord, and those that are standing in prophecy, those that are believing. And if you're believing for someone tonight, just call their name out wherever you are and just trust the word of the Lord. And, Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that their minds be whole, their minds be alert and attentive. Father, we cast down anxieties. We say be anxious for nothing, but let everything be done through prayer. And supplication, Father, we declare the peace of God ruling their minds, ruling their hearts. Father, we declare, Lord, a stillness and a soundness coming over their minds. You've not given them a spirit of fear. You've not given them a complex. You've not given them an insecurity. You haven't given them anything except love, power, and a sound mind. So, Father, we just declare a sound mind over your people and over everyone that's believing tonight for their loved ones, for their family, for their friends. You're the God of restoration, Lord. You not only restore the soul, you not only restore the spirit. Father, you can restore broken emotions, wounded emotions. You can restore tormented minds. So, Father, we just declare your peace over everyone tonight. In Jesus' name, and Father, we just pray your will be done and your kingdom come. 
Father, we pray, Lord God, for the ministries represented tonight, those that have radio shows, those that are, that are listening, those that have churches or ministries, those that are reaching out in their neighborhoods and communities and in their workplaces, even those that are in the business community that are using their businesses as a ministry tool. Father, even those that are housewives and Lord, those that are stay-at-home parents, Lord, stay-at-home wives, Lord, those that are even looking for work right now, Father, we just pray blessings upon every person listening, Lord. And, Father, we just declare, Lord God, that you would make them ministers of salvation, that, Father, you would just make them fruitful in every good work. Father, we pray the character of Christ, Lord, be formed in us, and be formed in our brothers and sisters listening tonight, Father. And that the love of Jesus will be shed abroad in their hearts, Lord. Shed your love. Bring your love. Overwhelm us and saturate us with your love, Father. We just declare tonight, Lord, there's power. And that there's a power in the gospel. There's power in the name of Jesus, and we declare your blood is speaking, Father. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change not, Lord. And, Father, tonight we just ask, Lord, for those in Mozambique, for missionaries that are out there on the front lines, Lord, declaring the gospel, we pray against witchcraft, Lord, and we pray against, Lord, those that are confronting ministers and confronting ministries, those that are covered in darkness. Lord, you said gross darkness would cover the people. Father, those that have wicked agendas, Lord, we just declare right now that you would turn their hearts, turn their ways, turn their focus, and turn them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, you said it would be foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us that believe it's the power of God unto salvation. So, Father, we just declare, Lord God, those that are deceived, those that are in false religions, those that are in false doctrine or false denominations, Lord, you would reveal truth through your word. You would reveal truth through your love. You reveal truth through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, for salvation going to every household. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're sending laborers on the mission field and even in the deepest, darkest places, even here in our state, Lord, here in the United States. Father, we thank you, Lord. That you are turning hearts here in our nation. That you're turning hearts in Australia, in Mozambique, in Canada. Lord, we pray, Lord, for those that are in Japan, China, for Russia, Father. Lord, let there be a worldwide awakening. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would raise up hungry men and women, hungry for your gospel, hungry for your power, hungry for your love, but more than anything, hungry for you, Lord. Father, you're the treasure we seek, Lord. You're 
a great reward. You're the reward, Jesus. We just thank you, Father. Just give you praise, Lord. Just thank you for your goodness, Father. Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would just draw people from the north, south, east, and west to the different Christian broadcasts. Lord, people that are listening to Blog Talk Radio, Father, that maybe they're not even looking for religious programming or Christian programming. But, Father, we pray that you draw people from the north, south, east, and west. You draw people, Father, that are just tuning through the channels on Blog Talk Radio to not only stop on this show, but any show that's preaching the truth about Jesus, any show that's preaching the truth about the Word, Father, we just pray, Lord, literally cause men and women, teenagers, children to stop on certain programs where they can hear that specific Word and be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for a move of the Spirit over the airwaves. We pray for a move of the Spirit over the radio waves, over the internet. Pray that you'd reface Christian television. Thank you, Jesus.
Uh, praise God, we're back. And this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And just picking up the broadcast. And uh, just thankful to work with a brother like Sean. Just going with the flow. You know, we don't really uh, have a, you know, necessarily a formula or a certain way that we do things. You know, we try our hardest to be on the air every night from 10 to 12. Sometimes we, you know, that changes. And uh, usually he starts the first half of the show and I wrap it up. But, you know, just whatever the Lord has. You know, I, I try to be on there at 11. But, you know, sometimes Sean may do the whole show or he may take the night off. I may do the show. We may have guests. We may just worship. We may just pray. We, we never know. Whatever the Spirit does. You see, the thing is, is if you're a spiritual being, if you're a Christian, you got to follow the mind of the Spirit. And so, praise God, follow the mind of the Spirit. You know, we can follow the written word, and like we said last night on the show, there's no uh, substitute for the written word of God. You know, we need to live by the written word, but we also need to live by the spoken word, the rainbow word, the preceding word of God. Deuteronomy 8.3 or Matthew 4.4, whatever your preference is, Old or New Testament, it's in both. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God said it like this. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. See, there's a proceeding word, proceeding. means God delivers it by his spirit from his mouth. He speaks it. He doesn't just write it down. And what you need to understand, the Bible says the spirit gives life, but the letter kills. And there's a, a place and time when, you know, you can preach the same thing over and over and over. And it almost becomes like old news. Let me explain this. All right, let's say you're enjoying the daily newspaper. And then let's say you start getting it a day or two later. Let's say you start getting your Sunday paper every Tuesday. And all of a sudden, that paper doesn't have the same effect. All of a sudden, everything you're reading is after the fact. And there's no life to it. It's not living. It doesn't give you any direction. What you read Sunday should give you some hope for Monday. And if what you read on Tuesday is actually what you should have read Sunday, then it's going to have a huge effect on the way your Monday rolls out. What am I saying? Look, there's a need for every believer, every Christian needs to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying daily. Every day. Look, we serve a God who talks. He talks. So I gave us two ears and one mouth. He said, be slow to speak and quick to hear and slow to anger. Why? Because he didn't want your heart to be hardened. But he wanted your heart to be softened. Why? So you could be still and know that he is God. And you'd not harden your heart, but you would hear his voice. 
And when you hear his voice, you would obey the, the word of the Lord. You'd obey the word of the Spirit of God. When you hear what God's speaking, it brings life to your bones. It brings strength to your inner man. And it's sad that, you know, basically the church has robbed the Lord Jesus Christ of of the satisfaction. Christ is constantly speaking. He's constantly communing with us, praying, speaking, declaring by the Holy Spirit to us on a daily basis. And if we're not sitting at his feet and listening to his word, did you know there was two sisters? One was named Mary and one was named Martha. And when Jesus came into their home, Martha was running around, jumping through the hoops, being the servant, cleaning house, making dinner, fixing everything, being the host. And Mary, as soon as Christ came in and the disciples came in, she went and sat at Jesus' feet and began to listen to his words, began to listen to his teachings. She just wanted to hear what he had to say. And Martha took offense at it. Because she thought that Mary should be serving Christ and doing all these activities for Christ and his church, Christ and his disciples. But Jesus said like this, Martha, Martha, you are cumbered. If you read it in the New Testament, or the King James New Testament, it says this, Martha, Martha, thou art cumbered about much serving. But Mary has chosen the better part. Only one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. And there's only one thing that's needed in your Christian walk, really, when it gets down to it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. David said, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. To dwell in the temple inquire of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord. See, David just wanted to go into the house of God, into the presence of God, and sit and be with the Lord and experience God. Mary wanted to sit at Christ's feet and experience the words of Christ while Martha was out serving. And how different it is today that we see and we're told and taught in our churches. And not that servanthood is a bad thing because we're created unto good works. And that's a good thing as long as it's the good works that God has prepared for us and the things that God has told us to do. But see, we can get so cumbered about much serving. We can get so caught up in church activity and we can get caught up in the all the Bible studies and all the meetings and all the stuff and totally forget the whole reason we're here, which is to sit at his feet and listen to his word, to sit at his feet and hear his voice. Only one thing is needful. And in your life, there Christ sits at the right hand of God, and the Holy Spirit is moving to and fro throughout the earth looking to see if your heart is fully his, looking to see if your heart seeks after God, looking to see if you're one of the ones that says, I am the generation that will seek the face of God. I am the generation that will seek the Lord. 
I'm the one. That I lay down my life for the gospel thing. I'm the one that will sit at his feet and hear the words of God and obey. See, if you love me, Jesus said, you'll obey my commandments. Well, how are you going to obey if you're not listening? And yes, like I said last night, we can have the word of God show us the patterns and the protocols and lay the foundation and even give us formulas. But it's not always going to give you the specifics. You see, when you're driving down the road and there's a crazy driver coming through the intersection about to run the red light, it doesn't matter if you have your Bible on CD going on in the car telling you, John 3.16, how wonderful God loves you and loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him without perish but have eternal life and there it continues. And as you sit there meditating on your Bible on CD as you're driving in the road, down the road in your car and you're proceeding through the intersection, let's say there's a crazy driver running that red light. All I have to say is this, unless you hear the voice of the Spirit of God to warn you and to tell you to not proceed through the green light. And it's only the mercy of God that will keep you in that situation. But your Bible on CD is not going to tell you to stop at the green light. But if you're listening, the Holy Spirit will warn you of impending danger. If you're listening, the Holy Spirit will tell you, stop. Or maybe the Holy Spirit will actually have you pull off into the gas station a mile up the road so you avoid that intersection altogether. But you have to be listening on the inside. See, God speaks on the inside. That's why he says, be still. Be still. Everybody quit moving around. Settle down now. Be still and know that I am God. And unless you're quiet on the inside and you've developed the ability to hear and discern his voice, there will be trials and situations you'll go through in life that could have been easily avoided had you learned to be sensitive to the voice of God on the inside. Sometimes we call it a a gut feeling or a knowing our knowers. We knew in our knower. We got that gut feeling. I believe more than not, many times that gut feeling is nothing less than the Holy Spirit speaking to his people, leading them, willing them, drawing them, guiding them, cautioning them. Just one example. And as much as I love to listen to my Bible on CD and read my Bible and quote it and all that, I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. And I think Christians need to have a love for the Word of God. But it is not the same as the indwelling voice, the indwelling presence, the indwelling reading of the Holy Spirit, the person, the God, the living God that dwells on the inside of every believer that names the name of Jesus. 
and invites Christ in, the Spirit of Christ in, to rule their life. It's not the same. And that's what we're talking about. The proceeding word of God. The living word. The rhema word. The word that gives you the specifics and fills in the blanks. See, if you don't roll the gears, things get kind of tight and rusty. And eventually things quit moving in a forward motion when the gears aren't oiled properly. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit to oil your gears, eventually the whole machine can just stop running. So we just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, and Sean would encourage you to listen to the voice of God. Hear the voice of God. God's good. Sorry if there's uh, too much feedback. Sorry about that. I uh, had it on speakerphone. I didn't realize, but it probably sounded like I was screaming in the phone. So I apologize. You know, let me tell you. Yes, your number one priority should be to stay in that Bible so that your spirit can be sharpened. So that you can be on point. Listen, all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction and instruction in righteousness. All scripture is inspired by God. And I believe that from Genesis to Revelation, we need to have it as the foundation of our spiritual walk, of our Christian walk. It needs to be the foundation. So I just want that to be said. You know, the Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God. And if you're going to frame your life, and you're going to frame it properly, if you're going to frame it properly, it's going to have to be by the word of God. The same way that God spoke his creative life force giving words into the earth and saw substance, you're going to speak God's word. And you're going to see the substance. See, God's word goes forth. And it does not return void, but it accomplishes whatever it was sent out and purposed to do. That's why it's important that you know this word. You've got to get it on the inside of you. The word of the Lord is clear. And if you're if you're not clear about things in your life, if you're misunderstood or you're not sure about something, the Bible will make things clear. Because the word of the Lord is clear and it gives insight to life. Listen, when heaven and earth pass away, God's word is going to be standing. When the grass withers and the flowers fade, guess what? The word of the Lord is going to stand forever. God's words are spirit and life. And if you want life, get his words on the inside of you. Yes, his written word, his logos word but also become sensitive and allow that word to sharpen your spirit so you can be sensitive to the living voice of God that wants to lead and guide you on a daily basis. The leading voice of God that wants to guide you on a daily basis. 
Listen, God's word endures forever. And it's, it's inspired by God. You can trust. See, the deal is a lot of people don't like to get in the word. You know why they don't want to get in the word? The Bible says in Hebrews 4 that the word of the Lord is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, when you start getting into the word, it will begin to show you who you are. And if you're not a person of character, if you're not a person of Christ, if you're not a person of integrity, the word of God will expose you by the truth. You see, all things are revealed, and all things that are hidden will soon be revealed. Anything that's in darkness will be shown in the light. And see, God's word is a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. And when you begin to turn on the light of God's word, it will begin to show you the motives and the thoughts and intents of your heart. See, if you hide his word in your heart, though, you won't sin against him. His word is settled. You make the delight, you make your delight in the law of the Lord. And you'll become like that tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, whose leaf doesn't wither, and it brings forth his fruit in due season. Read Psalm 1. In fact, you know what? I'm going to read Psalm 1 right now. Let's just take a word break. Get into the Bible. You know, sometimes it's just good to stop everything and read the Bible. We love the word. Let's check this out. Psalm 1. All right, so start out, blessed is the man. And watch not in the counsel of the ungodly. And I'm still looking for it. Nor sit us in the seat of the scornful. All right, here we go. <laughs> it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful or the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. Listen, this is what happens when you meditate day and night on the word of the Lord. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers, streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season. His leaves is not wither, and whatever he does prosper. The wicked are not so. They are like the chafe which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, for the way of the wicked shall perish. Listen, get in this word. Hide the word of God in your heart so you don't sin against him. Get this word inside of you. So it will sharpen you and quicken you. It's the one thing that will transform and change you. See, we're changed beholding him. We're transformed. We're changed when we behold him. Well, who is Christ? He's the word made flesh. Well, how are you going to get to know Jesus? Two ways, by his word and by his spirit. You'll worship him in spirit and in truth. The scriptures have to point you to Christ. Get to know the author. Look, hearing the preceding words should be the top priority for every Christian. 
hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to our lives or to our local church or to the body of Christ. That's where life is. And hearing what he's saying to us brings life. John six sixty three says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they're life. See, the Holy Spirit's the life giver. No one else is going to give you life. It's not just enough, people, that we just choose any scripture out of the Bible. But when we talk to people, we must speak by the Spirit. We've got to speak God's heart to people. You know what prophecy really is? God revealing his heart for a specific moment before it happens, ahead of time. It's just God saying, look, this is what's in my heart. This is what I desire to come forth. So here you go. And then later it's fulfilled. Prophecy, true prophecy, is just declaring what's in the heart of God for a specific time or a specific place or people or a group of people or city or nation or state or church or whatever it is. And when we preach, when we preach what we want, his life won't flow through this. But when we say what he wants us to say, God's word will flow through us. The anointing will be there. Look, you said, don't rehearse. Don't worry about what you're going to say or do. You know, we've had so many people tell us, you guys need to practice. You guys need to prepare for your shows. And you guys need to, I've had people actually send me links to, and I don't know if this has any bearing on my preaching. (laughs) Maybe this is just their subtle way of telling me I'm a horrible preacher. I don't know. But people have actually sent me links to, like, PreacherHelper.com, SermonHelp.com. You know, all these different websites to get resources to help me preach. And for Sean, too, I guess. I don't know. We just, And so I don't know. But I simply said it like this. Look, we don't prepare. We don't ever know what we're going to say when we get on here. Sometimes we may have an idea or a verse or two. But, I mean, we just give it to God and say, God, open up. We don't know who's going to call in or what prayer requests are coming in or who's even going to get on the show and listen. And so how can we minister to people if we don't even know where they're at? But the deal is that the Holy Spirit knows where you're at. The Holy Spirit knows what you need. And if we just follow him and just declare his word and we're bold about it and and we don't hold it back, you know, he'll show up. You know, a lot of preachers fall into a rut, and since they don't hear the Holy Spirit, they just try to drone up an old message or... You know, maybe their preaching is not really evil or false, but it's lifeless because it's not coming from the heart of God or it's out of season. So, look, your pro- your priority as a minister, your priority as a pastor or a teacher, your priority as a Christian, especially for those in ministry, is to pay the price, to take the time to listen to God Pay the price and take the time to listen to God. There's no substitute for being in tune with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how successful you think you are. But the flow of life from God's throne cannot be imitated. 
the flow of life from God's throne cannot be packaged up. It's not formulated. And you know, one of the biggest strategies of the enemy is noise pollution. What I call noise pollution. The Holy Spirit is constantly drawing you. Constantly drawing lost souls. And if if Christians aren't in a place where they can hear the voice of God, how are we going to know how and when to minister to people by the Spirit if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit tell us how and when to minister to people? And there's a constant war going on in the Spirit world. There's competition for your ears. The devil's competing for your attention. All right? And God's competing for your attention. And there's a battle raging. And God waits patiently for us to draw near to him. He waits patiently for us to pay the price and take the time to listen. And the, the whole time the devil's using sensationalism and distraction and every single thing he can pull out of his deal to lure us. To keep us there. Keep our minds and hearts occupied with other things. Like Sean said, you know, there was a time when television didn't exist. And we didn't have VCRs and technology. I mean, now we got TV 24 hours a day. You know, cell phones, computers, all these things. All competing for our attention. The devil's biggest strategy is to constantly flood our being with earthly information and noise. Caving our focus off God. The world and all its stimulus, stimuli, whatever. Everything that the world has to stimulate you, offer you, get your attention with. But it has nothing to offer your inner man. It's got no kingdom of God and no life of God in it. And if man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, if living triumphantly, living victoriously and productively within the kingdom of God means you have to listen to the king, then you need to learn how to listen to the king. And you've got to cultivate a heart, cultivate a foundation for hearing. And the way you do that is you lay a foundation of the word of God in your life. You correct your focus by learning to worship and getting in tune with the presence of God. And then you learn to be still and quiet and listen and ask God questions so he can answer you and lead you in the right way. So, unfortunately, I have lost uh, my chat room. Um, I don't have a chat room. Actually, I think it's reconnecting now. So, anyways, if you need to, uh, we're at 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. We're at www.prayerinternational.org, and you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're just so thankful for those of you that have joined us, Deliverance by Faith. God bless you. I think it's Pastor Stephen, Brother Mark, Sister Cheryl, Sister Rose Marie. It looks like we've got Dorothy 287 guests. We're very thankful. Father, we just ask your blessings upon all our guests in the chat room. Those that are listening tonight, from the four quarters of the earth and around the nation. 
Bless them and their families. Lord, your will be done in your kingdom come. Father, we thank you. Lord, give us all ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Help us be led by your spirit. Help us to not substitute your word for anything. But help us to not substitute the voice and the mind of the spirit that is in connection and in line and in accordance with your word. Now, Father, we just ask, Lord God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us hearts to obey. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you're blessing, Lord Mark and Rosemary, Sister Cheryl, Sister Dorothy, Brother Stephen, all these yes, different people tuning in and out. God bless them all. Hey, listen, we're going to be back tomorrow night. We're going to keep talking about hearing God a little bit. Hopefully, it will help lay a foundation. Because see, the deal is you need to hear God and then go out and do what he says. Because he's got to call on your life great and muddy things. Hey, God bless you tonight. In Jesus' name, this is Prayer International. Have a wonderful night. Thank you.